The one sport that you probably won't see this weekend in terms of the men's game is the NBL. And if you're wondering why it isn't there, it's because we're days away from the play-in tournament getting underway. And if you're new to the concept, there's a doubleheader on Wednesday night, fifth against sixth, which is the Kings and the Breakers. They're going to face off in an elimination qualifier. The winner of that faces the loser of third and fourth, the Jack Jumpers and the Hawks. And then the winner of the following game then officially becomes the fourth seed for the NBL playoffs. It's a little confusing, but gives a lot of teams a chance to, to try and win it all in the NBL. So we've had this week off to build up to it, and it gave the league a chance to host its annual awards night on Monday. The top of the table, Melbourne United, took home a fair few gongs, including coach of the year, sixth man and defensive player. But as predicted, Wildcat Bryce Cotton nabbed his fourth MVP award to cap off the night, making him the only the second player in history to win more than three. The other man is Andrew Gaze. He's named after the award and he won seven. Uh, Bryce led the league for scoring once again. He averaged 23 points per game. He was a pivotal factor in Perth's resurgence after a poor start to the season. He's carried them all the way to second and now has a chance to win his fourth NBL championship. It's an incredible list of accolades that he's accumulated, and I have no doubt we're going to see his jersey hanging from the Perth Arena rafters when it's all said and done. But for now, all eyes are on the playoffs, and Bryce has been good enough to join me in the build-up to them. Uh, Bryce, thanks for your time on Summer Grandstand. Hey, thank you. Thank you for having me. Now, I remember being a junior caller when you first arrived in the scene in Perth. I reckon it was about 2017, and you had this resume stacked full of experience around the globe. You had an impact straight away. Seven years on, you're a three-time NBL champion and now a four-time MVP. It's pretty incredible what you've accomplished, but how do you reflect on those last seven years? Honestly, it doesn't feel like it's been seven years. (laughs) That's the first thing that comes to my mind. Um, It just goes to show how quick time flies. But every year, you know, I play with a chip on my shoulder and I play trying to be the best I can be. So I never take a a season off. And, yeah, I guess when I'm done playing, I'll be able to really reflect on all that's happened. But for right now, I'm still just too busy kind of being in the moment. I love that whole you never take a season off and you never really skip any practice or any time on the court either, Bryce. I was going to ask you where I guess this MVP ranks out of the four that you've won because – this year was really special considering where you were at two and five, the team's now into the top two and you've carried the bulk of the scoring. You've played the most minutes per game in the league. And I look back on the teams of the past when you had, you know, Tariko White alongside you or Nick Kay or Todd Blanchfield. And it feels like this year was a real workhorse year for you. I mean, for me, I'm used to having to work extremely hard every season. So I don't see it as any different from that regard, but I would say this one and my last MVP um, mean the most to me for two different reasons, but uh, nonetheless, these two stand out the most to me, the last two. So what are the reasons then? Uh, there's some there's some very personal reasons, but um, yes, yeah, it's, it's just an honor that I guess I have different MVPs to pick from to even say which one means <laughs> mean the most. It's it's pretty cool when you put it like that. I mean, you built an amazing legacy. You're only 31 now, right? So you've still got plenty of basketball left in you, but you've been in Perth so long that you're basically a sand groper now. And we look at the greats of the club that are around you, James Crawford, Ricky Grace, Damian Martin, who you played with. There's no doubt you're going to be immortalized alongside some of those names. And what does that legacy mean to you to know you're going to be one of the greats of the game? Um, I think it's a pretty cool and humbling feat. Um, considering just my journey from a young kid, you know, of being doubted at every level that I've been at 
and being blessed to capitalize on the few opportunities I would get along the way that would help me keep going. So, you know, you fast forward, like I said, I'm in my 30s now still playing ball. Um, it's, it's really, really cool because there's a lot of guys that I've played with that were very good as well and they aren't playing anymore. So uh, I'm just very, very blessed because this could have very easily not been my life. We mentioned it a couple of times there, the fact that there's still so much more basketball for you to play. You're now the second person in the league alongside Andrew Gaze to have won the MVP more than three times. He's won seven. How hungry are you to just keep going? Obviously, you've got a final series around the corner. There's every chance that over the next couple of years, you can remain the best player in the game. Is that what you feel can happen? I mean, I, I always strive to push myself. Um it's, it's more so a competition against myself. So whatever seasons I have, my goal is to always be better than I was the season before. So um, I try to keep it that way. You know, it's, it's not about competing against other people because if you do your work and you continue to improve in your own journey, you know, the accolades will take care of themselves. Four-time NBL MVP Bryce Cotton, my guest on Summer Grandstand today. Bryce, I've got to ask about the season. We mentioned it before, this amazing turnaround that you've had. So two and five, you win seven of the next eight, and now you're inside the top two and get a chance to have a break before your playoffs begin. What do you actually attribute to the turnaround through the year? Uh, We had a big team meeting, uh, I think, around that two and five mark, and everybody was able to, you know, vent their feelings or express what was going on in their head. And I think it was it was great because obviously there was a lot of tension um, and a lot of pressure being thrown our way. And for everybody just to say what they needed in a closed environment um, and realizing no matter how high we get or no matter how low we get, we're all in this thing together. It gave us some type of comfort and we were able to start to claw our way out of that. That pressure is no joke either. Having lived in Perth, and I know you've experienced this now over the last seven years, it's a total bubble, and they love their basketball there. Constantly, Perth Arena is selling out. And a few years ago, as COVID comes around, you suddenly lose this 35-year playoff streak, and the pressure starts to mount. There's this huge turnaround at the club, which we'll touch on later. But take us internally, I guess, what it does mean when you're sitting at 2-5 and and a basketball-hungry state is getting frustrated with your performance. Uh, I mean, honestly, stuff is so bad at that point. You're not really thinking about, you know, WA or any outside noise. You're just worried about, you know, your team and trying to figure out, you know, how can we get these things going? Because, you know, you're not naive enough to think that nobody's talking about you guys. So, um, yeah, that that honestly wasn't a thought. I think we were so far in. All we could think about was ourselves and, and get ourselves out of that situation. Is it hard to get away from the noise? Or is it, you know, are you seeing people on the street who are trying to pump you back up and get you on track? Um, I mean, I'll, I'm not really out like that. So I do a good job kind of just staying out of the light. But I would say as long as you don't go looking for it on social media, you probably could do a good job unless people are DMing you. But, um, I mean, stuff like that might always happen. But the more the more you play in this league, the more you learn how to, I guess, wiggle your way through all that type of nonsense. So back onto that pressure then, I touched on it before. You've managed to turn it around, I guess, after the beginning of a new era, but you had the change of ownership. A lot of veterans left the club and and you were there, I guess, pre and post this change. You you saw what it used to be under the Bendats and now, I guess, starting to build what is the next generation of the Perth Wildcats. Uh, Can you tell us a bit about the struggles that the club faced early on when you lose... Yeah, senior players, Trevor Gleeson 
and you have a change of ownership? Yeah, I mean, I think it was it was pretty pretty gut wrenching, especially that that year we uh, had the playoff streak snapped because we were second on the ladder with about nine games to go, and yeah, it just seemed like we had a complete meltdown to finish the season. But uh, that was gut wrenching, and then following up with the season last year. We uh, we got to the second part of the play-in, so we almost made the playoffs. And then now, fast forward here to secure a top two spot, and um, yeah, being able to avoid the play-in, it just shows the growth that we've had, the commitment that we've had from coaches, and you know, the ownership continuing to believe in you know some of the players that they have brought back. It's been it's been good uh, so far. Uh, this season, or at least from the midpoint on, and uh, I think that's that's what this that's what this thing is about—just belief from top to bottom. As long as we all have belief, I think we can get through all the highs and lows that come with the journeys. So on court, if you look back at the side that didn't make the playoffs a few years ago to now, and you've been there in, in these championship-winning squads, what is it about the team this year that can return you back to glory? Well, I never speak about anything that's going to happen in the future that hasn't, but I, I just will say one thing that is an amazing trait about us is the fact that we were 2-5 and five and able to finish up a top-two seed with, I think, two weeks to go in the season. That just shows the resiliency that we have as a team, and then it shows the level that we can play at when we're all locked in together. Now, what that eventuates to, um, when we go into the playoffs, we'll see. But the fact that we showed those traits as a team, I think that is a very, very uh, potent weapon for us to have. I love resilience as the descriptive word there because there's been final series uh, across the last decade that we've seen of the Perth Wildcats that have had to claw their way back to, to win those rings. So you certainly know how to get it done when your back's against the wall. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think we've we've done that a fair share of times. But, you know, you treat every season differently and, Sometimes, you know, it's, it's good if you don't have to claw, claw yourselves out of a hole. It's good if you just don't run it sometimes. The 2023-24 NBL's most valuable player and the league's scoring champion, Bryce Cotton, is my guest on Summer Grandstand. Bryce, just a couple of quick ones before we wrap things up. The big headline story, aside from you winning yet another gong, is are you going to be right to go for Friday? You banged your knee last Thursday. We didn't see you over the weekend. Are you all fit and ready to go? Yeah, I'll be fine. You guys don't have to worry about me. <laughs> uh, and your possible opponents, you've got Tasmania and Illawarra battling off in the play-in tournament. Do you have a preference on who you'd like to play? No, because whoever we play, it's going to be a dogfight. So um, no preference needed. we got to bring the same amount of energy regardless. And you overall, Bryce, um, I guess when we look ahead to the future, and you just mentioned before that you don't really like to plan too much ahead, but would you like to have another crack in the NBA before it's all said and done? If opportunity presented itself, but, you know, I'm not holding my breath. I'm enjoying where I'm at. I'm making the most of, you know, where God has me. And if this is where I'm meant to finish out my career, I'm cool with that. Or if I go elsewhere, you know, I don't know. Um, like I said, I don't like to talk about the future, but um, I'm not I'm not holding my breath, though, if that makes sense. Mm. The Boomers, Bryce. So last month you said you had no desire to play for the national side anymore. It's been this really frustrating process with your citizenship can you tell us a bit about what's caused the delays and if it's definitely too little too late now well i can tell you it's too little too late um because i don't want to play so even if by a miracle i did get my citizenship i was i'm not going to do it 
Um, but yeah, it was a technicality or whatever of uh, them saying I was unlawfully in the country for 15 minutes when they canceled one visa and put me on the permanent residency while I was in the detainment room. That time, um, yeah, is the reason why there's been the delays and I didn't get a exemption, I guess, for that technicality because I wasn't allowed to leave the country during that time while they canceled it because it was COVID and all the borders was closed. But um, yeah, so it, it is what it is. But um, as I had stated before, like it was never a goal of mine to play for the boomers. But once the opportunity presented itself, I thought it would be cool. And then with all the hiccups just dragging out over these last couple of years, it's, yeah, it's just not, it's not worth it. It's taking the thrill out of it. So, yeah. It has been a frustrating process. Uh, last one, Bryce, Alex Saar. We, we talk about players coming to Australia. He's another one who could go to America. Uh, he's firming as the number one pick in the NBA draft. How highly do you rate him having played alongside him? Yeah, I think he's got so much potential. Uh, I love his mentality. He's real mature for his age. And um, he obviously has skills, but I think his room to grow is a testament to the mentality that he has because he's willing to take um, – criticism from the head coach assistant coach a starter or a guy that doesn't play at all on our team and I think just that just a guy that's able to have that type of willingness to learn from anybody if he feels it's going to make him better that's going to be the sky's the, the limit for him um, by the time he's over there in the NBA imagine if he gets to go over there as an NBL champion as well uh, Bryce best of luck for the upcoming playoff series uh, you're in a good position and it seems like the team is clicking at the right time so best of luck next week thanks a lot I appreciate it